0: evolutionary.org podcast coming your way episode 538 today we're gonna be talking about alcohol and bodybuilding so this episode you know we don't we're not gonna come off preachy you know on this one there's there's lots of podcasts that do that we're not gonna come up we just want to give you guys the facts we give you guys the facts on alcohol and and bodybuilding mixing them together in this one so first let's kind of go over Pre-blood work, before you even run anabolic steroids, pre-blood work is very, very important. And the way that you check on how your liver is doing, and the reason I mentioned liver is because when you drink alcohol, that is the main organ that's going to have to cleanse out that, that alcohol, and that's the main organ that gets strained. So there's two blood work test results that you should be li- looking at for typical liver function and that is alt and that number should be up to 55 units per liter when you get that done ast and that should be up to 48 units per liter when you get that done so it's very important to get those numbers done those are your liver enzymes and those are going to give you a red flag if something is wrong right away with your liver so if you do sell those numbers out of range for whatever reason You need to not use anabolic steroids because when you run anabolic steroids, they are going to get even higher. And if you have a poor liver, it's going to make it very difficult to be successful and reach reach your goals in bodybuilding. It's going to strain your entire body is what it's going to do. So numbers I've seen, Monster... From guys who use anabolic steroids. I've seen numbers in the high. Like almost to 100. I've seen numbers at 120. I've seen numbers in the mid 100s. Guys who have used alcohol. And anabolic steroids together. I've seen numbers even higher. High 100s, 200s. Crazy numbers that I've seen. Also other drugs that you're taking. For prescription drugs. Any type of drug. Is going to keep this number higher. And the misconception. Is that. Just oral steroids cause liver strain and specifically certain anabolic oral steroids cause liver strain. And it's just not true. Okay. All anabolic steroids, anytime you introduce a foreign substance into your body, I don't care if it's anabolic steroids, SARMs, any type of performance enhancing drug, it's going to strain your liver because you're running a very high amount. You're not running a therapeutic dosage. You're running Therapeutic dosage times five, times 10, times 15, times 20. You see, if you run basic TRT testosterone, your liver values won't get affected. But if you're running 500 milligrams of testosterone or 750 milligrams of testosterone, your liver values will get affected. Does that make sense? So it's very important right off the bat do not use, do not drink alcohol when you're using anabolic steroids. It is an unnecessary risk, and it's foolish to do that. Your body is under enough stress when you use anabolic steroids. Your liver is under enough stress. To add alcohol to it would make absolutely no sense. So, Momster, I'll bring you in. Um, Go ahead. um, Tell us a little bit about your thoughts.
1: I mean – One of the things that I made a a, a note of, Steve, is the amount of times that we get asked. And I think the reality is the guys, and it's always guys, that ask us are kind of looking for an excuse. Uh, Whereas they know. They know that there's an effect by alcohol. They've only got to look around in the community to see that alcohol has an effect on a person's physique. But they're obviously trying to think to themselves, if I train, if I take PEDs, I'm kind of negating that. And the reality is, as Steve's just pointed out, bloods show out. Blood is proving that there's an effect. And even if it's in the short term, because you're using it at the same time as PEDs, it's it's still arguable. You're, you're not let's put it this way, there's not a person alive that only drinks when they're on cycle. It's always going to be drinking on and off cycle at some point. And it's also one of those arguments, Steve, whether it's a question of moderation, which I would say on cycle, really it's a no. It's only eight weeks of your life, guys. We've had, we got dry January. If you're going to do an eight-week cycle, you can manage without it for eight weeks and go to the absolute minimum possible, like a glass of wine a week or something like that. And even then, what's your cycle like? Is it a moderate cycle? Was it one of those crazy two, three, four, five grams a week type cycles? It, it, and so the, the obvious, easiest answer for us is always going to be, which is no judgment whatsoever, don't drink on cycle. Because does it have an effect? Steve said, yes, I'm going to agree. It has an effect. You know it has an effect. It's kind of like, why are you asking? It's because you want us to give you permission to do that thing. And that's without us being judgmental, because you might just literally have one glass of wine, one bottle of beer a week, and that might be all you're doing. But in reality, it's never that, is it, Steve? It's always going to be guys that want to go out and have a few drinks with their buddies at the weekend. They want to go to a wine bar they want to go to the club, they want to go to a pool party, and they're not drinking one beer, but they want an amazing physique. And the obvious thing is if you have to make sacrifices with foods, if you have to make sacrifices with your lifestyle in terms of your activities, then obviously you're going to have to make sacrifices when it comes to not drinking alcohol or getting it to the absolute possible minimum that you possibly can, Steve. That just makes sense to me. And like I said, Steve's proving it to you. The numbers are doubling, doubling on cycle. The effect it's having is doubling. And that's just on cycle. We can get into the long-term use here. Something I made another note of, Steve, and I think it's one of those arguable points in regards to what kind of PEDs you're using. And the reality of this is, again, quite simple because we've covered it, and not just us, many, many podcasts have covered it multiple times. Orals... For the most part, here in simple terms, have a far greater effect on cycle, on your body, in terms of the numbers that will come back on blood cells, stressing on your liver, stressing on your kidneys than injectables. That's not as not clear-cut as that, but generally speaking, it's the case. To so then double up, so to speak, Steve, and add booze to that or keep booze in it makes no sense to me. And um, you and I have been around the game long enough that we have seen. not quite as often as the media would have, you believe, but we have seen people have liver issues. We have seen people have kidney issues, and that's as a result of long-term use. Typically, there's some susceptibility. That's a genetic predisposition. But why are you – the risk factor just goes up, Steve. Why are you adding oral steroids, for example, for longer than you need to, or any kind of anabolic for longer than you need to, and then add in another risk factor in terms of the booze. It, genetic predisposition, guys, means that sometimes it doesn't happen. It's just that it's in your family for you to have kidney or liver issues. But the risk factor here is that you're kind of encouraging something to happen. So just look around. A great example would you just look around at your family and see you know, what, what, the, what the alcohol consumption is like. Has it had an effect on your, them? And here's you and your fitness lifestyle, trying to look amazing with a six-pack trying to get the girls at the weekend and then throwing booze at the same time. I've got to say, bottom line is, Steve, if we know that it has an effect and we know that it's not that how much of a sacrifice is it, guys, to not drink and certainly not drink to excess on cycle? You can do it, guys. It's eight weeks. It's 12 weeks. You can do it. And especially if you want the best results. Because, I mean, that's the bottom line here. And I want to get in slightly to the nutrition. Um, I touched on this at the pre-show with Steve. And this is not a judgment thing again. I had a I had a pint of beer last week, guys. We went out for a meal the day after Valentine's, and I had a pint of a pint of Guinness. A pint of Guinness is probably around three hundred calories. Now, if I am on cycle and I am supposed to be eating clean, do I want to throw in more calories than I actually think? And this is a thing that sometimes happens. If if you even wasn't even talking about the alcoholic effects on your body, the stressor, people sometimes forget. The amount of calories that's in booze in beer in wine in spirits they forget they kind of almost ignore it they'll quote they'll think oh when i went out and i had such a food last night i had a salad and i had some chicken breast and it was super clean and then forget that they had 150 200 calories in that glass of wine so guys it's one of those little things again when sometimes you're on cycle you're trying to look amazing you you're, you're you want the best result you almost ignore you almost kind of forget the glass of wine which ends up being two glasses or the the bottle of beer or or the pint of beer that ends up being two is 600 calories 400 calories so keep that in mind guys i would ask steve as a question and i think i know the answer from you already how much is okay now again i've touched on it right at the beginning we get asked on the forums people say can i drink on cycle can i have a can i go to a party at the weekend i won't go crazy How much is okay? And the bottom line is we have to say nothing is okay. I think Steve will ever agree with me while you're on cycle and in moderation off cycle. Because, again, you are trying to do something to your body that is outstanding compared to the average Joe, male or female. You want to look good. You want to look amazing. Again, I'm not looking for a six-pack. So me having a pint of Guinness last week, meh. But if I want it to be ripped, if I want my intercostals to pop, if I want my lower abs to pop out, I don't want to be putting anything in there. So the answer has to be in simple terms, nothing, not where you're on cycle. What about you, Steve? How much is okay in your mind?
0: So I haven't had alcohol in 17 years. Okay. So when I was in my early twenties, I'd have like a, yeah. So I haven't had any alcohol in 17 years. So Look at the end of the day. Why do you need it? Like, what, what's what is the purpose of of consuming alcohol? You have to remember, alcohol is a drug. It's a depressant, and what that means as a depressant is you it when you when you consume it, it's changing the way your mind thinks. You know, so it's that's why when you when you drink it, you feel better. So it's reducing your functional and nervous ac- activity. So a lot of people, you know, you have a bad day at work, you go drink, you know you, you'll feel better. you know, But here's the thing, it's not over the intermediate and long term making you feel better. It's making you feel worse. So you get into that habit of get you know taking something to deal with kind of it just shutting off and taking away your your pain. You know, and that's just not going to work long term. And the effects that it has on your body from a health perspective is not good. So really, um, the thing is, we got to go over first, what is a drink? So in the United States, this is what they classify a drink. 0.6 ounces of pure alcohol is a drink. So that would convert to 12 ounces, which is one can of beer, eight ounces of malt liquor, five ounces of wine, which is one glass, one average glass. 1.5 1.5 ounces, which is a shot of 80 proof, 40% alcohol content, distilled, distilled spirits or liquor. So that's the definition. So if you have one of those, one, let's say you have one drink a day. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot, guys. I mean, that's, that's killing you. So here's the thing. It's not just the calories with alcohol. That's the issue. Alcohol has a lot of sugar because alcohol metabolizes in the liver just like sugar does the same way. So you get alcohol from a fermentation of sugar. So it makes sense that when you overload the liver with either one, you get the same types of diseases that come with sugar. So that'd be the same question. Lobsters, how much cake should you have? How much ice cream should you have? How much, you know, any, any type of sweet, you know, should you be having? And if you're want to be your very best, that's that's going to be. So don't don't think that. Yeah. I, well, I'm not eating cake. I'm not eating sugars. I'm not eating sweets. So it's OK for me to have alcohol. Well, alcohol is, is the equivalent and worse. Another thing that alcohol does is it dehydrates you. This is why you see people who, who are alcoholics. They've been drinking for years. They have really bad skin they're There's yeah. their the, the dehydration saps your skin of moisture in elasticity you'll get sagginess you get dryness you'll get wrinkles i can remember on the forum years ago a young guy early 20s he'd always come on the forum and you know show his he'd party and the guy had ripped he was ripped six pack abs eight pack abs guess where the guy is now actually uh, i touch base with him now he's like steve you know i don't know you know i can't my abs are gone. It was so easy back when I was in my twenties to have abs. He's now in his mid thirties, and he showed me a picture. I'm like, dude, send me a picture. Let me show the people on, on my podcast. You know what happened to you? He's like, Steve, I work my ass off in the gym. I still use steroids, but I've just over the past ten years, I partied so much, I drink alcohol. I, my like, I just don't look good anymore. And he showed me a picture. I'm like, wow, dude, I I was blown away at. Even though he still busts his ass in the gym, he does like a hundred sit-ups when he goes and trains like three times a week. He still works his ass off. He still uses steroids, but you can tell from his skin—just he's he's loose. His skin is loose. There's no elasticity. He just doesn't look like he did in his early 20s. So you get away with it when you're younger, but as you get older, the effects will catch up to you. Another thing too is that once you get into that mold of using alcohol as a depressant. And you get that as an adult, when you start doing this in your late teens, early 20s, as an adult, once you get in your 30s and 40s, you'll go back to alcohol the same way. And that's not good. So it's not something you want to even start doing. So I'm telling you, as Steve, your buddy, if you're a younger guy, just say no when you go out with your friends and they're all drinking and they're having a good time and they're pressuring you to drink. Just turn it down and don't don't even worry about it. And they have a problem with it, you fucking send them to me. I'll tell them to go fuck themselves, okay? I've been in the same situation. Peer pressure, okay? Just ignore it. Don't even worry about it. And find new friends. If it comes to that, if they want to be dickheads and pressure you to drink, there's no reason to do it. You're going to look way better than they look when you get older. So, You know what I'm saying? So don't, there's no reason to even get into it. Hang out with people that don't drink. If it's an issue, you know, you can, you know, life isn't just, you know, this is another thing that guy told me. He's like back when he used to do it, this was his counter argument. He's like, oh, I use, I I work hard to look the way I do. I want to have a fun time. I want to look, I want to party to take advantage of it. And I'm like, I'm like, really? That's why you do this? Just so you can go party and take your shirt off at a party to impress people. Like, dude, you're a fool. Grow up. You know, it's it's just it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's a, such a stupid logic. That's you don't have to go and drink and, and party to have a good time and have a good life. I have a damn good life myself. You know what I'm saying? I have a damn good luck, And I haven't, I haven't drank alcohol in 17 years. My life is better because I haven't drank alcohol in 17 years. It's not worse. So, I mean, look. Pick new friends to hang out with, pick a new hobby. Okay. If you find yourself in that trap of every day after work, you want to go out to the bar. If you're in that Homer Simpson trap of every day you go to the, the bar after work, then you need to get out of it. You know, that's that's just not healthy. And that's not gonna long term. And the money you're wasting is incredible. The money people waste on alcohol blows my mind away, mobster. It's just it's just incredible
1: how much how much of a waste of money it is. So yeah, jump in. Go ahead. I think one of the things uh Steve and I appreciate is we know that the average age of the listener, an average performance enhancing user, whatever you want to call it, that's invested in the training lifestyle, is between 18 and 25. We prefer, of course, when it comes to PED use, 20 the late mid to late 20s is is, is their best starting time. But there's an awful lot of you that are younger that are users. So here's the thing, guys, it's one of those. We've been around longer, so we've got a better sense of perspective than you have. And here's how this stuff works. All right now. And I use this analogy with Stephen in pre-show. My brother, Peter, uh, is not an alcoholic by any stretch of the imagination. Was a moderate drinker. In fact, actually, funny enough, in more recent conversation, it's less now than it used to be, Steve. But back in the day, he would come home from work and have 18 of beer with his evening meal. And then at the weekend, he would have probably four tins on a Saturday night, relaxing—it's a weekend. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, so that's let's let's call that nine tenths a week, which over the week, Steve is well below the limits for, uh, you know, recommended use in United Kingdom. I think it's not too dissimilar to US in terms of you know, if you keep it to that level there or thereabouts, you have you are less likely to have health issues and so on and so forth. But here's the thing, guys, and I think it's, I think Peter probably wouldn't be unduly amused. But we have to say that it was true. Alcohol ages you. And when Steve was talking about the skin there, and if, I mean smoking does the same, Steve, so, you know, if it's double whammy if you do both of those. And my brother Peter has at times smoked and drank. Again, in moderation. But it ages you. And it isn't just a few tins now and again. It's that regular thing all the time. Okay? And again, unless you've got the genetic skin of a god, what applies here will apply to the majority of you you are looking as i said earlier on for the best possible outcome for your physique that's out there i want you know tight lower abs intercostals popping much but all my muscles nice and separated as steve said even if i go to a party and don't drink and i'm that kind of physique i want the girls to look at me when my top comes off i want the whole thing going on Now, if alcohol ages you, and especially the long term use of alcohol ages you, you are smashing it. You're going to have issues with your skin. And I will say right now, 100%, that the long term use, even in moderation, will age you if you're using it compared to, say, a twin that's never had a drink. If you both had great skin to begin with and the abs are popping, and one of you said drunk in moderation and the other one does not, then of the two of you, the one that didn't drink will have better skin, will look better. Steve's just reminded me, and this is another thing again, guys. We talked about this another podcast with regards to bloating on cycle, which is as often as not down to body fat and depends on the PED use, but also down to the lack of an AI and estrogen control. And here's the thing, guys. A couple of drinks will increase the amount of estrogen that your body produces. And we don't want an excessive estrogen when we're on cycle. Talk about estrogen rebound Steve. Jump in.
0: Yeah, so you got to remember in the body, our hormones, when you are using anabolic steroids, when we come off, our hormones are going all over the place. They, they are fluctuating a lot. So look, the truth is when it comes to alcohol use and anabolic steroids, it will throw off a lot of your hormones. It will drop your testosterone levels as well it's going to increase your estrogen levels and drop your testosterone levels. So this is not a good thing when you're in PCT, because you remember when you're in PCT, you want the opposite. You want your estrogen levels to balance out and then you want your testosterone levels to rise. So when you're messing around with, with anabolic steroids and alcohol together on cycle, you may get away with it, but when you come off the steroids, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. So, We go back to my buddy that I was talking about, and and he's going to be listening to this podcast, and he's going to be nodding the whole way. And he's going to be like, thank you, Steve, for telling everyone this. I wish someone had told me this. I wish he had been tougher with me years ago. But he's going to agree with this because he used to have issues when he was doing all this parting and using anabolic steroids. He used to have issues with gynecomastia. It would flare up, especially after cycle through estrogen rebound. And that's because the alcohol would throw off his hormones in the body and cause that estrogen rebound. So he'd end up, even if he'd run a cycle, run all his right ancillaries, come off cycle PCT and everything, he'd end up getting an estrogen rebound and getting gynecomastia issues. So what he ended up having to do is just going on TRT and he has to take letro as well because he has such an estrogen issue from from firing up a lot. So and, uh, you know, it's not a good thing at all, obviously to get gynecomastia and sometimes it's not curable without surgery. So you end up having to get surgery on it. So again, I am not I mean, I'm not trying to scare you guys here, but I'm just saying how many times have we seen guys on the, on the forum mobster who complain about estrogen problems and they're doing everything right. They're running their AI. They're not abusing steroids, everything. And they end up getting estrogen issues on cycle toward the end of the cycle or then during PCT. So that could be a huge reason is the alcohol in that diet in general could be another reason. But really, alcohol is a big one. So we definitely don't want to get, you know, having to get uh, pay, you know, $8,000 to do gynecomastia surgery and then leaving a big scar on our chest just because we 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 needed to have a drink. So another thing, too, is the kidneys. A lot of people don't know this either. So when you're using anabolic steroids, your kidney numbers go berserk. And the reason your kidney numbers goes berserk is obviously because the way our kidneys function, they filter the blood. So when you're using anabolic steroids, it's more work for your kidneys. We all agree with that, okay? Uh, when you hold a lot of muscle on your frame, it's more work on the kidneys. When you eat a lot of food, it's more work on the kidneys. When you eat a lot of protein, it's a lot of work on the kidneys, right? Nobody can dispute that. You can go get blood work and check that out. Bodybuilders have strained kidneys. That's just the fact. Now, when you add alcohol to this situation, what do you think happens? Now, alcohol is screwing up the body's ability and the, and the kidney's ability to regulate fluid and electrolytes in the body. So alcohol is going to dehydrate the body and that drying effect affects normal function of the kidneys. So you're making your kidneys job that much harder. So now when you run anabolic steroids and alcohol, your kidney numbers not only get strained, but adding alcohol makes them even more strained. So it's just like the effects on the liver and you can go get your, your numbers done and and you can confirm that as well. Um, And it's really, really bad. So what, what is the danger of doing that? The danger of doing that is it's going to affect your recovery. It's going to affect your body's ability to repair itself. It's going to be, affect your body's ability to flush itself out, regulate toxins, regulate electrolytes and all that stuff. If you're using harsher anabolic steroids, it makes it worse. Super droll, trend, any of these harsher steroids, even Winstroll, these steroids really dry you out and they dehydrate you a lot as it is. So now you're really getting into dangerous territory when you when you mix those particular steroids with alcohol. So it is absolutely important. Never, ever, ever drink alcohol when you're taking anabolic steroids. Absolutely not. Now, I'm gonna bring in Mobster a little bit and talk a little bit more about peer pressure and how to deal with it and his experience with that. And then we're gonna finish out the show with some recommendations as to if you insist on having alcohol off cycle what are the best options so mobster
1: go ahead talk about peer pressure a little bit so there's this kind of vibe guys <laughs> it's hard for me to think about it in that particular regards uh, the wonderful tone of phrase that we like to use in these particular regards is sigma alpha and beta and all that kind of stuff and essentially there's always going to be people that lead and always going to be people that follow and when you're out in a group that's even more exaggerated. I think it's exaggerated on another level again when alcohol involved or other drugs for that matter. Uh, so there's a certain level of peer pressure when it comes to going out to have a drink and not just have one drink, but to have several drinks. So here's the thing for me, right? And I think it's that argument about true friends versus, you know, going to a party and being just being surrounded by your peers. And I say peers as opposed to buddies or friends, because here's the thing, right? A true friend wants you to succeed. And what do I mean in this regard? Again, we are training. We want to be strong. We want to be lean. We want to be ripped. We want an amazing physique. And a true friend should understand. Now, those inhibitions get lowered with alcohol. Sometimes even your friends can be a little bit funny. But in that particular, ultimately, they should want for you the best for you. They want you to win the lottery. They want you to get a great job. They want you to have an amazing relationship with the best possible part you can get. They want you to drive the nicest car they want for you, what you want. That's what true friends want. Alcohol can kind of fuck that shit up a little bit. And I touched on this as a pre-show comment to Steve. I said that when I was younger, I'm the oldest of four boys. One's passed away, but there's still three of us around. And Some years ago, we went out drinking. They're all my brothers at that time at jobs and responsibilities and everything else. And the moment we went out, as the older brother, it, it was my decision, apparently, and I actually laughed and pointed it out as to where we were going to have a drink, Steve. So it was kind of amusing for me in that particular regard. So here's the thing. If I'm into the lifestyle, which I am, but I'm a younger person, like our listeners, and I want to get ripped, and I want to get, as we would say here in Wales, tidy looking, then my buddies, my friends, my peers should not be pressuring me into having a drink. And if I go out and you guys find women as well, and you find that there's a certain element of you're being boring because you're not having loads of drink and you're not getting drunk and you're not falling over and doing stupid shit, then your friends are going to be judgmental. They were idiots. And they should understand, as I said already, that you are trying to achieve. Some of you might want to compete. You cannot be in the most amazing, show-ready shape and be out drinking. But equally, it's difficult if it's a party or a wedding or a christening or some big social occasion to be an absolute monk and stay indoors. Your partner wants to go to the wedding. Come on, Steve. Come on, mobster. We want to go to the wedding. We want... Um, it's my best friend in the world. She's getting married. We cannot stay in the house. I know you're competing. To bring there, understand. Bring your tuna and your pasta. So you might be the only person there eating bodybuilding-style food where everybody else is having wedding cake and, and, and dancing and drinking and having a hell of a time, and you're the only one that's not doing it. So what? So what? It is fine, and it should be fine. I I wouldn't, for example... If the reverse was also true, would you have a load of people over to your house who is expecting to have a heck of a party and you sit there and make them eat tuna and pasta and and they can only have distilled water? In? That would be absolutely crazy, but if people don't always see it like that. So beer pressure can be a big part of why, especially our younger listeners, want to do what we've talked about. Here. They want to be able to get in the shape, they want to look good, but they also want to be able to go to party and hit the kegs, have a beer, have a glass of wine, do whatever the hell everybody else is doing, swim in the swimming pool and show off and and goof off and whatever else. But the reality is that peer pressure can make that what you really need to do, what you're supposed to be doing, which is super moderation, if nothing at all difficult to do. But to, 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 to use a phrase here, Steve, you've got hair on your balls, guys. Stand up, do your thing. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Don't make it a big deal let them put a glass on your hand but spend the whole goddamn night drinking it one glass water it down throw it away and replace it with water have a tell him it's a spirit but only have it be an orange juice don't let anybody fool around with your glass to do whatever it needs to be done be sociable but don't let people force you a grown-ass man grown-ass woman into doing what you don't want to do and making it up your progress up your sacrifice so that you can try to look as best as you possibly can. And especially, as I say, if you want to compete, if you've got a photo shoot coming up, if it's, if you're doing your thing on Instagram, there are sacrifices you have to make. And the people that have the best for you, that want you to have the best possible life, should understand that. So keep that in mind. Let's talk about, to finish up on this, Steve, what we think are the best options in this particular set of circumstances. If you go to a party, if you're going to have a drink, But in moderation, as much as possible, what do we think are the best options? I'll let you start.
0: Well, I mean, those of you who know me, when it comes to diet, I'm always more concerned with what's in it and how it was was processed. So we'll take beer, for example. What's beer made of? Grain, hops, yeast, and water. Are any of those four things really bad for you? Well, it depends. How much is that beer processed? The water of that beer, I mean... A lot of these corporate beers, they use the cheapest water possible. They basically use tap water. <laughs> so I mean, is that good for you? No. Um, and look, beer isn't the best thing. It's got a lot of calories, as Monster said at the beginning. But if you're gonna drink beer, have a little bit and make sure it's as natural as possible. I, I don't know much about you know beer or how beer is made or any of that stuff, but I would imagine if you go to a restaurant and you order beer. And the bartender uses that little thing to kind of push down and the beer comes out of it. I would imagine that that's probably not going to be your best option with beer. I would imagine the best beer would be some place that actually makes the beer out back and and has like a keg and it makes, they ferment the beer right there and they use real natural ingredients and good quality hops and good quality grains. and, And they, you know what I'm saying? And they make it right then and there. And it's like, they literally just make it in front of you. And it's done not shipped in to a restaurant and the, the bartender pulls it down. So, but again, I don't know much about beer. Now when it comes to wine, I can help you out on wine. Obviously with wine, you have to find a wine that's free of sulfites and free of sugars and free of, of, of fake grapes, grape juice. Cause that's what most wines are made of. So you need to find a wine, you know, that's the same way. That's just made from actually actual greed. It's just, it should be grapes that are fermented. That's it. That should be what wine is. So it's going to be really hard to find that. So, but those are your best options. Hard liquor. I've heard people say before hard liquor is good because it doesn't have many calories. That's bullshit. It's not about the calories here. It's about what does it do in your body? Hard liquor absolutely strains the crap out of your liver and your kidneys. So it's going to be absolutely a really, really bad choice. I wouldn't go down that route. I would do just the most minimally processed and most natural option when it comes to when it comes to your alcohol choices. So and then obviously flavored beers and flavored wines and flavored um, hard liquor. Those are really, really bad because that's way, 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 way more sugar than you should be consuming even in a, in a month, you know, much less in in, in a single uh, serving. So mobster, give us your thoughts. You, you drink a lot of beer over there. Uh, you guys drink a lot. You guys drink a lot more alcohol on, on in uh, Europe than, than than we do in America. Believe it or not. Oh so yeah, for sure. Like yeah, in, in Ireland. Those are some of the m-
1: numbers. Some of the, the most. Yeah. Go ahead. I believe I, I I can't remember the actual numbers, Steve, but I've seen some of those statistics, and I think you're 100 percent on point. Uh, and I, I live in what used to be a social club. I've got bars in this building. I've got alcohol in this very room as we talk, Steve. That's come from one of the bars. I think he was looking at it to add to some ice cream that I was making. Um, so, you know, I've been brought up around booze and whatever else. It's not, uh, my mum worked as a barmaid, so in a pub for, for many, many years. So in the United Kingdom, the culture uh, is definitely there. And I, actually, we, as much as the British love to have a rivalry with a, a German enemy from the World War I and World War II bullshit, I say bullshit only because it's such a long time ago and we pretend that we're still enemies. When we go to Germany and sit down and drink, it's the Germans and the British that are drinking the most booze. Let's not fool around, guys. You know, so, so we, we might have fought with them in the world, but we'll, we'll fight for them for how much booze that we can possibly drink. So there's a there's certainly the culture and the uh, idea that we're comfortable with the volume, the sheer numbers of pints or whatever that we when we go at hell, Steve, I've done evenings like that myself on the odd one i think last year not at all the year before i had one night like that with one of my weightlifting buddies and we went out we went a bit crazy but for the most part here's the thing and it's been one of those what can we do as a healthy option one is to drink little uh one argument you can play here guys and i think actually what steve done as well is true is the quality um, when I've been a bit of a beer buff in the past. And so like Steve says, the argument can be made quite properly for the least amount of chemicals and the purity of product. It sounds a bit like an inverted snobbery thing when it comes to wine or real ale or ciders or any of those kind of drinks. But it actually kind of works because you tend to not be someone that's going to sit there and have eight or nine points. You tend to be tasting it and enjoying the texture and how it feels on your tongue and all that kind of stuff. It sounds a bit like a wine snob, but it is the same thing that applies to beers and alcohols. Now, what about, as I said earlier on, if I was at a party? So wine and soda. Uh, And one of the tips that's been mentioned, and I think I touched on it earlier on, which you can do quite easily, is you go in and have a shot of some triple distilled vodka, but you top the glass up to the brim, a big glass, with loads and loads and loads of orange juice, water, whatever. Uh, and you can go branch water, you can go distilled water, you can have a really posh glass of something from Norway or from Iceland, from, from you know, uh, the Arctic. You can have blue ice in your drink. You can go the whole snobbery way that particular way and then spend the whole night drinking, just topping it up with juices. You go, you've had a shot, people have seen you have a shot, but you're spending the whole night doing it. Uh, I think there's a thing, guys, and I said, I've been there and seen there and done it in that particular way. I'm old enough. And again, the culture in the UK allows for it in that there have been occasions when I've gone out and gone absolutely crazy, but it's never, ever been a regular particular thing. And I think the more I've got into this lifestyle, the more advanced I've become in terms of my sheer size and my strength and wherever else, the less likely I am to be persuaded, uh, even in the nicest possible way by friends, so we've never had a drink together, Steve. We should go and have a pint, that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, it are happen at some point. Uh, as an example, Steve, our gym has a Christmas party. And I've been invited every time you know I've been here, which will be 10, 11 years. And I've not gone to one of the Christmas parties. I think the whole thing for me is that, you know, again, I, I'm of an age now, Steve, where I don't care. I don't give a damn about going to bed early. Uh, of a night time. It doesn't bother me that I don't stay up late. It doesn't bother me that I don't go to the party, and so the healthiest option in that particular regard is not to go. I think the rest of the year I'm not going to get judged on the fact that I didn't go to that party. So that's a super healthy option right there. And as I said, I think uh, in terms of if you're going to go, if you're going to go to a social occasion at the earliest this is a good quick quick tip for you steve at the early part of the evening before everybody's got into the drink good and proper go and talk to the host or hostess explain in briefly don't be boring but go and say to them listen you know i'm trying to look good i'm dieting i want to get in shape especially if you're overweight and you're trying to get in shape guys never mind the fact you're already in shape because sometimes it's hard for people to take but if you started the journey if you are on a diet and you're looking to lose weight I male mean, or female Go and you're just starting to see some sort of progress. Go and talk to the host or hostess and explain to them listen, just starting to get in shape. I've been out of weight for ages. Uh, this is a big deal to me. Um, you know, bring me over a glass of champagne or we- if it's for like a wedding thing or something. And then for the rest of the evening, if it's okay, especially if they've got a bar person, have a chat with them as well and go and say to them, look, you know, da 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 da. Uh, people are going to be a bit funny about it, so if it's easy for me, just give me something that looks alcoholic, looks like a cocktail, looks like a glass of wine, but give me the low alcohol one, keep a tin or a bottle or something under the can. Heck, you can do silly things like take something with you to the party that's non-alcoholic and have the bar person serve you that drink from your own bottle and just, you know, turn around and then top it up and then give you the glass back and everybody thinks you're doing your thing or whatever else. And it's no big deal. It sounds a bit of a faff, but it's not really. Uh, the, The person that's in charge of the party wants you to have a great time. The bar person's happy to do it. You can give them a few bucks as well as a tip or as a thank you, especially at these kind of situations. And heck, you can even do that in some bars and or clubs. There's actually a kind of vibe now, I think, that's been doing around in the UK and in America, Steve, where you can actually do that. You can go and speak to someone at the beginning of the evening. You can even arrange it in advance and you can say, listen, you know, I don't want to be down there and everybody going, oh, you're boring because you're not drinking. Can you do this thing for me? And they're happy to do it. The worst, the worst part about it is Steve, they will charge you the same as it costs for a normal pint of beer or for a normal glass of wine. That's a bit of a pain in your ass. But I think it's kind of worth it at the end of the day for you to make that little bit of a sacrifice. And that particular regards to end up with the best possible results for your fitness journey, for your lifestyle that you're trying to achieve with the look and the feel and being healthy and all the rest of it. And if you've got to pay a few bucks to the bar or the club or to the barman or or have a word with the host or hostess at a party, it's kind of worth doing because you're going to end up looking absolutely fucking amazing, which is what we want when we give you this information, when we do these shows, when we do the podcast Steve. Any final thoughts? My final thoughts are, um,
0: just, you know, don't fall into the, um, don't, don't fall for the, the, the scam. Don't fall for the TV commercials. People, um, they're drinking alcohol. They're having a great time. They're all laughing together. And they're, you know, these stupid commercials, you got the bikini clad women, you have the people playing volleyball on the beach. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. So really, I mean, it's, it's. It's one of those things. I've never liked alcohol, so it's like for me, it's easy. But like, I don't see the point of of wasting your money on alcohol. Like, spend the money on groceries instead. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's pretty much how I, how I end this mobster. So uh, go ahead and uh, take us in the disclaimer, buddy.
1: As always, please note: we are not doctors, and these opinions are ours. Is our viewing based on our experience and views on the topic? Our podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only. Early- the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.